face. I'm Dr. Kim Lannon, and I'm here with Lusty Lou. Oh, God, don't start with that. Everyone loved that. <laughs> and it's um, Wednesday, the 18th of January. And um, I'm going to start out the show bitching about the fact that, again, we have a technical issue. Hey, yeah. Because my monitor's down. And Lou, Lusty Lou doesn't know the password. It's not down. I just don't know the password. <laughs> well, but it is down because you don't have I the am. password. Therefore, I can't see what's going on. So if that, anyone's commenting, Lou's going to tell me what the comments are. And if we get the password from Kev during the show, he's going to come pop my monitor on. It gives you an idea how long it's been since that computer reset. It, well, of course it reset on my day and it's going to impact people will the be show amused. after me and he's going to be mad. He's going to be, he's he's, gonna be, I'm easy. He's going to be mad. He's not going to be happy won. at all. <laughs> and I still have my cough. So yeah. People will be so. amused. That's a windows seven computer too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We got all kinds of issues yeah. going on in the studio too. And, so and it was 50 degrees in here because the heat it? was off. I hit so reset the password and it said I needed a uh, removable. I needed a floppy disk. <laughs> <laughs> there's no there's not even a thing for a floppy disk i know here. i don't know what's going on oh my god anyway so and so my other complaint for the day i'm getting all my complaints out now yeah 50 degrees in the studio it was warmer in the bathroom we should do this out of the bathroom because it was warmer in the bathroom no, it doesn't feel that bad in here so i turned the heat up and now all i smell is <laughs> smoking heater coming on your hair looks good today lou don't start <laughs> with me <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm getting it all in. No, in the mood. And my eyes got something in it this morning. I'm just she a hot likes mess. the color. She doesn't want me gray. So, oh, you're definitely not gray. Yeah. You're not redhead anymore. You're not close to gray. No. You are like we're going like 1970s. I know. Chicka, wow, wow, jet black. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, but I'm really not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. No, so. You know, I can't help it. Like I said, just the hill I don't want to die on. Is it, there's enough. It's unnecessary hard. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, oh my eyes running. If um, she wants to so, color my hair. She can color my hair. You what? If she wants to color my hair, she can color my hair. Okay, that's just so weird. I know. Anyway, I I, I just won't comment on it from a psychological perspective. I'll do it on the no, out by all means. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I just whatever. Well, yes, I will, because there's like boundary issues. There's like, you know, speaking up for oneself, advocacy, feeling good in one's own self. Like, is it giving you a message of whether or not you're adequate enough? Like, I could say so many things here, but, you know, it's not your therapy session. So now that I've made you think about all those things, you'll be tormented probably all day. and You'll be texting me later. Oh, that's right. No, you won't because you don't respond to me. Oh, that's not true. I responded <laughs> to you. I was in the shower. Okay. I know. <laughs> So, okay. So now we got all that stuff out, or I do. And you pulled you pull the you pulled the repeated calls because you told me if I call once, you don't answer. Call back, and I did. And you didn't answer. Yeah, I was in the shower. I was still in the shower. It was a long shower. No, it wasn't. Those, you... those phone calls are like three minutes apart. Oh, for God's sake. Okay. Anyway, so here we are. We are now into the new year. I haven't had a New Year's show yet. You know, well, I have, but I haven't. Last week's show, and the show. Two weeks prior to that, not the one in between, um, we, you know, we had, uh, I had Tammy Thies on from Wildcat Sanctuary. And then mm -hmm. last week I had Howard and Carol Baskin. And uh, well, Steve now I'm going to have another, I have another thing. So Facebook loves giving me good feedback on all my metrics, but they didn't like certain words that I used in my promotion because they, <laughs> because they don't. So they kept rejecting my ads. Yeah. And so before I got rejected, it was fabulous. And from last week's show and the one with Tammy, well, last week's show itself, I just wanted to let everyone know I had 64,000 um, people receive it, get it, and had something to do with it. And there's a, there's a variety of metrics, but that's yeah. pretty cool. Of course, yeah. And then when they took it down and rejected my ad and I panicked and had Lou rewrite it 15 times before they figured out, I know. figured out what was wrong. You did it a half a dozen times. I literally did it. You and me both. Yeah. So that's why I texted you. I was texting Lou the other night at like quarter, well, quarter of 11 saying like, help me. Yeah. They keep rejecting the ad. And I couldn't figure I kept taking out words. And we finally figured out that Big Cat Rescue is actually a social activist. <laughs> um, social cause. According a social to, cause. Yeah. 
And it's therefore you have to have this special verification on Facebook in order to promote those things. So we had to take those words out. So I thought I had that verification because at one point Facebook actually sent me a letter. Oh, like well, maybe it was just for a year. Like snail mail, Facebook. They sent me a letter with a verification code. Well, maybe you didn't enter it. I did. Maybe you didn't do the it. right things. No, I. Uh, who knows? With Facebook, who knows? I don't and the right things last week and not the right things this week. So. Well, it's Facebook. I don't know. Anyway, so so anyway, the show was a screaming success, and so was the one with Tammy Thies because it had roughly, if I recall, 45,000 that week. So between those combined shows that keep getting replayed and rewatched, I keep getting metrics on them. Mm -hmm. Lou's getting the metrics now, apparently, because we're even trying. though he reboosted, I should be able to see it. Yeah. I can't see it. So I imagine it reached a lot more people because you had five days of the extra boost um, to see it because I wanted so many people to be able to see all the all the shows. Um, so it was really successful. Thank you for everyone for watching um, and, uh, you know, keep you updated on the fact that um, the next phases of that tons of people reached out to me about what could they do for cats big cats little cats um and lots of extra things have happened this week with regards to that but we're not talking about that today but i just want to let people know i thank them and thanks for listening and sharing and liking and so on because that was great mm -hmm. um and it brought lots of uh, publicity for um those issues and causes for for both those sanctuaries and other sanctuaries in the country so that was awesome um but today we're going to go back into the fact that usually at new year's time i talk about people's resolutions and goals and you know resolutions are never my phrase and catchword because resolutions are just you know waste of time so you know it's kind of like oh how are your goals going you know this 18th day of january i'm um, usually by now people have quit <laughs> and given up or failed uh whichever word you put on it um so but what came up in the past couple weeks um there's been several issues that every time they come up in social events and and in culture and pop culture and psychology i said oh that's you know that's my next topic etc but i think one that stands out that really goes with the psychological and well-being of this show oh there goes my voice <clears throat> is the fact that um over the, in like i think january 6 or around there somewhere in between my shows that i was doing those the cat shows um a big study had come out that really struck me because i do so much work with people around uh healthy lifestyles and weight and nutrition and kids and adolescents who have weight issues um and the whys and hows and so on and i don't know we didn't even get a chance to talk about this no. but one of the things that well not one the thing that came out that came out from a big study that was done over 20 years um and then a couple other studies was that uh oh i just saw me pop up yeah. in the back of me oh thank you um we have half of me working now um is that it's sort of controversial in my mind i'm going to uh, i'm going to have a, a psychological clinical opinion about this actually today which typically i kind of just run the generalized but it is kind of general but it's a psychological opinion because of the way that i have i view this um but there the epidemic of obesity which has been growing anyways in adults and certainly um you know that my friend passed away yep. of complications from being sedentary obese and so on um with congestive heart failure and cardiovascular disease and diabetes and all the things that come with that and edema and so on um the there has become increasing awareness more and more, even though it's already been on the table, but over the pandemic, that the childhood and adolescent obesity rate has jumped by a triple to quadruple digits. And depending on which study you're looking at, but it's roughly really close in terms mm -hmm. of which numbers you're looking at. So, um, and, you know, they of course look at why. Well, obviously, go right to set more sedentary kids sitting longer, more screen time. You know, people ask me all the time, why? Well, screen time, sedentary, um, lack of parental supervision, mm -hmm. lack of education around nutrition and exercise, um, people not bothering with uh, teaching accountability and responsibility in their children, um, coming from a generation or two generations that already had that going on in their generation. So it's sort of trickling down to, you know, um, everything comes down to, well, 
we have no control, no power. You know, we've talked about right. this many times, you know, it's not, it's not genetics. It's not anything. It's just, or it's just who I am or it is genetics. And it's just, you know, not my choices, but the bottom line, and it comes down to this is that, um, they're trying to make a quick fix for children and adolescents now up to the age of 2021 20, with surgery and the use of medication that's supposed to be for people that have high A1Cs, diabetics, mm-hmm. or people that are close to being diabetic, that are like Ozempic. And I've talked about it before. There's a, That's one of the drugs. There's now several drugs that are made that I'm not going to even talk about in terms of their names because I'm not wanting to promote them because I don't think that's a good idea. Yep. Um, but in an effort to control for the obesity issue, which is basically the BMI over, you know, well, it depends on who you talk to, but 25, 30, 35, you know, 30 and over um, for anybody um, is, is a problem. But they're saying like surgery, so having bypass surgery for children, even at age 10, which yeah. just, so I'm just giving you that. That's crazy. And, and in addition to adding in um, medication, right, you know, early in, you know, they're saying that's preventative. This is not the route that I would suggest. Um, I think that it's a quick, a quick sort of Band-Aid fix, like all medications can be. Not always are that way, especially if they're used correctly. But I think this is a, um, a pharmaceutical... Uh, quick fix, big money. Um, insurance does not cover this because insurance companies, rightfully so, and this is where I'm on board with the insurance company currently, which I never <laughs> typically, they do not believe that it's um, a disease in the way that you would see it. So I do agree. Uh, it is a disease, but they're saying it's not a disease. It's a behavioral problem much like any other addiction, which obesity is. Obesity is addiction to eating, to the habit of, you know, I can go into it. It's an eating disorder, mm-hmm. right? So if you're an yep. anorexic or a bulimic or a restrictor, that falls into the eating disorder category. If you are obese, you're still in the eating disorder category, um, which falls under the same parts of, of, of land, so to speak, in your brain of being in addiction. So one way or the other, you're getting a charge out of it because it's making you feel good, but it's temporary. One, one goes to being super skinny and or really disordered in your body. And one goes to being super overweight and being really disordered in your body. They both can kill you, right? Being too, yep. too thin or too heavy. Um, so surgery, promoting surgery and promoting um, medication use for kids and adolescents um, or for people in general, like as an adult, to just do um, those things without any other work, the behavioral piece is is the problem. Yeah. So when we look at the study, the, the study comes out with, well, what's going on in, in the United States to make this pop up so high? Well, I've already said a couple of the reasons um, or many of the reasons. And so it's really about... Um, taking a realistic look at if your child or your, or your teenager is heavy, what's going on in the child's life? What's going on that's making it that way? So stress from a psychological perspective, you know, stress eating over the pandemic was huge for Mm -hmm. people, no pun intended, right? Very big because um, people had a lot of downtime. People had a lot of time on their hands. So they would sit for hours and hours on end. People are still doing that because they've gotten in the pattern. Um, And then having the environmental access to crap food Mm -hmm. um, and plenty of that too. Uber eats and dash DoorDash and all those things. I mean, I have people that um, get their two or three lattes a day. And not only are they getting heavier off of that, um, because they're ordering out for something and they're also financially getting into a bind because it's not your $5 at Starbucks. When you order a DoorDash, it's 15. Um, Or if you're ordering something for food, you're ordering, you're not ordering a salad. You're ordering something that has, you know, multiple thousands of calories in it and then you're paying it. So you're doing twofold there, which is a separate issue, but it just comes to mind to be talking about financial wealth versus non and where you're spending your money. But it speaks Um, to the compulsion that's in play here too. 
Right. And it's like, well, when I, right. So you're sitting there doing the computer and you're playing a game or you're talking on discord or you're doing whatever you're doing. And then you're, you're ordering up something and you don't have to go all but to your front door and come back and keep going. That's not healthy. And so, um, my discussion since this came out in January, because I have several, as you know, clients that have these issues, I've been doing a lot of education with parents um, about you have to really take a responsibility role of educating yourself to know what's healthy, what's not, what is going to make your child or yourself not healthy. And there's no perfect, but there's things that you can do. But this new thing about putting people on these kids, it just kills me, putting kids on medication for their weight issue, which is a behavioral issue, and also putting medication and or doing surgery because, you know, there's no responsibility, there's no, there's no accountability in the house, you know, you're not going to be able to bring in a thing of Pringles that, by the way, has chemicals added in to eat more and a sleeve of, and not eat it, eat the whole sleeve. And then, you know, have Oreos and all these things and think that a kid can restrict and only have yep. one. It just doesn't work like that. Adults but, don't do it. So why would you expect a kid to be able to do it? So if you're not, if you as an adult who's overseeing your children don't have presence and you're not educated enough about it, you don't, or you just don't care enough, not because you don't care about your kids, but you don't care enough about it because you don't have the time or it's a bridge you don't want to die on kind of thing. <laughs> That's, you're really setting your child up for mental health issues that are already there that are contributing to the problem of the behavioral health issue that is turning into a medical issue. And the medical, so through those, I understand the, the, um, the grace that the pharmaceutical companies are trying to give by saying, well, we want this not to be a problem. So here's this medication that will help you help your kids drop weight. Um, and here's the surgery. Um, as those things are, they're not perfect. And they come with complications. Medications have lots of side effects. Your 10 year old is going to have nausea and diarrhea, and they have to have lots of water. If they have the surgery, you it, it stops, you know, there's, it stops you from eating as much, but it doesn't teach you how to actually manage your life skills of being moderate, understanding what foods you're putting in, what nutrition you're getting from them. Well, it so, also perpetuates the mindset that people want to have, which is I don't have control over this. It's not my responsibility. They're not right. taking responsibility for the problem. And the other thing you touched upon, which I think is really important, and it's the real disturbing part of society today. There's so many disturbing parts. Of many, so many disturbing parts. The real disturbing part is what we have is we have parenting done we have we're this is a generational problem now yes. we're two or three generations into the fact that yes these parents don't have skill sets to pass on to their kids well and right and that's and that's one of the things that the studies and now lots of people that are writing about it, including myself about the fact that the the lacking of skills um of the parents because they're modeling because the environment is is you usually don't have you usually have and i say this generally speaking you usually have obese parents or at least one or both in the house with kids that are becoming the same way. Mm -hmm. It's a mo there's social role modeling. There's behavioral lack of behavioral modification. There's uh, gratification issue. There's all these different skills that <clears throat> generationally have been. I've been watching decline since I've been in my mental health field. Mm -hmm. We're two or three generations into this where yes. they're not modeling the skill set necessary because they didn't learn the skill set necessary right. because their parents didn't model the skill right. set. Right. And so it's the trickle down effect. Yeah. So it's the it's the it's the familial and the genetics. So people often say, Oh, you know, they I've said this before. Oh, it's just my genetics. Yeah. yeah. No, because you can genetically have lots of setup for lots of things, but that doesn't mean you're going to actually have them and they're going to uh, present themselves plus which, it's what you do to make them trigger to have them happen yeah. just because you know someone has cardiovascular disease and had a heart attack yes that is now in your history i have that in my history in terms of my family that doesn't mean i'm going to have it and i could and i know exactly how to get it that's the difference yeah. like i know how i know how to make myself have it yep plus yeah. where generations into the quick fix mentality right and the absolving of responsibility right this is this probably started with adhd where you have a kid who's having a little bit of trouble with his mental discipline right in a situation and the immediate the label goes on it's pharmaceutical now right where right. in the past in my generation it, you know bear down you you 
you gave a little pressure. You taught them how to be a little bit more focused and going well, on, which is not to say there aren't clinical cases of ADHD. Don't get me wrong. But right. we're so quick to just absolve ourselves of responsibility and, and we, that we can't we can't fix it. We need we well, need I think that this pharmaceuticals is, to fix it. So I think to the point and around pharmaceuticals, you know, I mean, it's big money business. Right. Yeah. So that being aside, what you just said about ADHD or ADD, um, you know, we've learned over the past 30, 40 years that with ADD, especially in kids, and you know, I'm a proponent of holistic treatment, that no medication in kids. Nope. We we catch it early, we flag it early. It doesn't mean, because little kids are supposed to be hyper. Little kids yeah. are supposed to be impulsive. Little That's what you're supposed to be there for a parent, to, to parent behavioral modifications in for them to learn how to control their bodies, learn how to control and focus. That's what they start, you know, preschool for. That's what they get them into little gym classes for because it gives them that structure. Um, Meanwhile, no, the parents been on Adderall since they were 15. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and there's that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but the pharmaceutical piece is, you know, when you come to my practice, I'm always no medication, if they're not on it, we're not going that direction. Cause oftentimes I'll get sent a kid, you know, who's nine because the teachers, which is illegal for them to do, by the way, teachers have all but said, or have said, you know, have you thought about medication, which the school system isn't really technically allowed to do. Yeah. Um, and I immediately am like, we're not going down that route. We have to do testing or someone will come to me and say, my primary care did a quick checklist and said, I have ADD. Can you help me get a prescription? No. My answer is always no, but it's not no forever. It's we have 10 steps that will take at least a good year or two to get to maybe that point if that's necessary. Last resort. That's the last resort because last it works, resort, yeah. but with it working, it comes with a lot of other things. So it's not no, it's be mindful. Let's let's actually try to do things that might fix it without having these things that will cause other problems. Plus, does it not diminish your ability to handle these problems. Well, yes. So there's forward. no coping strategy if you're always, uh, and this is, okay, so go back to this weight issue and this this new new treatment method. Um, it diminishes the ability for, I think it really strips, and this is why it struck me, it strips away completely responsibility and accountability on the part of the child and the parent yep. that it's not, it's nothing that they're doing. Right. And that's not true. Right. That is just not true. And anyone that believes that that's true, I have a bridge in the desert <laughs> to sell you. But everybody loves that mindset because if they're not responsible for it, they're not accountable for it. Right. And, right? and that, well, and then it doesn't, that's the other thing. It doesn't make it real. Right. If I don't really look at it for what it really is and I don't, then I don't have to do anything about it. I don't have to admit to it. And the next thing you know, um, you got a major problems and people, you know, I had this happen the other day. Um, somebody in their early twenties had a heart attack. Um, and early twenties. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was a result of some of what I'm talking about and, um, a lot of what I'm talking about. And, um, and I've used it as an example to other people and people did what you just did early twenties. Right. Because it's not people in their fifties and sixties and seventies and eighties. Right. It's, it's kind of like when you do shows on addiction, right? There are no old heroin addicts. No. Why? Because they don't make it. They don't make it. Yeah. There's no old people anymore, older people, who are typically really obese. Right. I mean, they just don't make it, you know? So you don't have an 80-year-old typically that's four or 500 pounds. No. Nope. You don't have a 50-year-old that doesn't have massive complications and teetering on, right? You just don't. So it's, it's, I liken it to that when I, when I think about it, cause it's addiction eating, it's an eating disorder. And so if we're only looking at treating the physical body from the medical condition as an, as a, we're not looking at it as an eating disorder. We're only looking at as um, the person's fat. Yeah. Right. And I, and if you can't see me, I just did the air quote yeah. fat, you know, to be pointed. If that's what we're doing, we're doing such a disservice because there's a mental health issue going on in that person. There's a dissatisfaction in their lives. There's stress in their lives. There's sadness. There's emptiness. There's boredom. There's tiredness. There's lack of education. There's so many things. To use an addiction term, it's a dual diagnosis. 
Yes. Always a dual diagnosis. Right. Yeah. So, and that's exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. So, and that's how I've always treated it as dual diagnosis. Now, maybe other treaters don't do that. I know myself and multiple of my colleagues that I work with, this is how we, this is how we deal with this particular issue. So to continue the rather awkward analogy here, you do a physical, a surgical response to obesity and it's basically like detox. It doesn't address the problem. It doesn't address what got you there in the first place. Exactly. And that will get you back there again. And if we use if we use the same metaphor of like detox, right? What happens with detox? Many times. How many times do people relapse and come back into detox? In OD. And yeah. right? So yeah. people so one thing to know about gastric bypass surgery or the sleeve, if you don't know this already and you want this for your child, this is not child, something child. You're gonna put someone under the knife for exactly, gastric for bypass the, surgery. Right. And, and you say sub 10, a nine year old? It, well, they, so th there are some it, with, when it's severe, this is what the, this is what the study was when it's severe. Maybe if we have a child that has severe obesity at nine, there's, we need to look at something else that's going on. Wow. I, so, but let me just finish. Yeah. So having that, so let's take your standard 15 or 16 year old that's overweight to the BMI is over 30 or 27. I think it is what they said, 27 to 30 or over. And you put in gastric bypass. It's the same as adults. If you over, if you don't change your behavior and you're counting on this just to stop you from eating, people have the surgery again because they gain the weight back. They lose the weight and then they gain the weight back because they, they start to learn how to bypass the bypass. Yep. And, and you can't keep doing that. They don't allow you to keep having the surgery but, you know, if you, there's a place down in Texas with Dr. Na, um, now, you know, it's, his name's longer, but he's the one that's on the 600 pound life show. Um, he's very much about, this is a behavioral issue and he's been doing this forever. And he's, and yeah. if you've never watched that show, um, it's very inspiring because it certainly will motivate you because it's a lot of work to, to watch people do the work, but it's really healthy to see like, this is where someone could be. And he tells people like, if you don't have the uh, mental strength enough to show that you can change your diet, you can lose 50 pounds. That's usually what he asks you to lose usually because you have to be at a certain weight to get the surgery. Um, and you don't show that he won't do it yeah. because he always says, because it has to do with what's going on up in your brain and how you, you have trauma, you have stress, you have something and you're required to go to therapy. You have to have, you know, People that come to me for gastric bypass, they come to me because someone has sent them to me from their doctor's office to say, you have to have six months of, mm -hmm. of therapy. Now, a lot of that has been being bypass, bypass no pun intended. Yeah. A lot of the, the, that process has been bypassed because whether it's money, There's whether money it's, involved, you, know, yeah. I, you yeah. know, I don't want to speculate and just accuse, but I, I think it's a high level of like, if we do mo many more surgeries, then we get much more money in the hospital and much more pharma money and all those things. But it's not doing service to the patient. And I think that's why the model that, the, you know, the doctor on the 600 pound life and some of the, the weight loss places around locally here that I know some of the doctors in, they ascribe to the same thing I'm talking about is that we don't just do the quick fix because if you don't have pre a preamble to doing it, then there's no behavioral strategy set in place. And you're just going to go back to sitting, watching TV, um, playing your video games and so on and so forth. And what we would recommend, even in the, even in the study, Lou, that they're talking about, about how um, after the surgery and after you take medication, they even note that, and other people that have talked about the studies and stuff, they're noting that there's five or six things that people really need to do to really maintain success from this thing. But after, if you're not teaching the person beforehand, how are you going to expect them to do it after? So they're saying one hour of vigorous exercise a day, one hour, Yeah. one hour. If the person was doing zero before they had this or they added in kid or adult, how are they going to do that? They're after? not going to do that. Right. So that, so there's, a, there's a setup for failure. By the way, if you're over 300 pounds, that's not enough either. I mean, well, and exercise isn't the answer. You well, lose... it's not even that with 300 pounds. If you have a, say you have a 16 year old or an 18 year old who's 220, 230 and they're female, that's a lot of weight on a frame of five, four. But the misunderstanding of that is if they go into the gym for an hour and, you know, text their friends 
you know, they're not going to do the vigorous oh, exercise. I tell you a story about last yeah. night at the gym. We'll yeah. I'll tell you. They go, they'll they'll go, go in for an hour. They think it's a license to eat whatever they want. And where you lose weight is in the kitchen. You don't lose weight in the gym. You well, lose and weight that's, in the kitchen. And I always say you can't outrun a bad diet. Right. Right. So it's one, it's one hour of vigorous exercise a day. Mm -hmm. Right. So for someone who's never exercised, that's that's walking up and down the stairs, maybe intermittently throughout the day. The totals an hour. You know, it's something like that. You know, it's not just going into the gym. It's it's about, you know, you got to do what you can do. But so it's that it's eating more vegetables. <laughs> right. More vegetables with butter that, and ranch dressing. No, and, yeah, no, yeah. no, I know. Butter, no butter, I know. But no. you know how this is going to happen. But this is what they're saying. So yeah. these, so the same same people that are saying we're going to do surgery and give medication, but here's what you also have to do. <laughs> okay, but we're going to do surgery and medication first. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. It's I, I've done this for 27 years. It doesn't work like that. And I've been alive for longer, and I have my own things with this. I in Michelle and I've talked about this before. I don't know if she's on because I can't see my monitor. Um, <laughs> is Michelle Sorry. on today? Huh? The is show it? is on. Yeah. Oh, good. Hi, Michelle. I can't we, see you. We've got you, people. So I have no idea. People, people are so, commenting. Yes. <laughs> so one of the things is is that um, you know knowing my own personal experience, and you have you can't do it after, because if you have no history and experience to show evidence that you can do it before, and you don't have the skill, you don't have the knowledge, you don't have the education, you don't have the care. Yep. You don't have the motivation to give you the impetus to take action on something. The last thing you're going to do is after you have a surgery like that or take medication to lower your weight, you're not going to do those things. But all that advice is wrong in, to a degree. Because Which it, advice? It, mine? No, the oh. advice about an, an hour of vigorous exercise in the gym and, and eating vegetables. Uh, I have more more than that. I stopped there, and I. I, I know the advice is without context and generally wrong. It's a it's a there's a different approach to it than that. And well, it's a lifestyle. It's it, it's it's really about looking at your lifestyle and teaching. You know, a kid a ten year old kid isn't going to know how to do their lifestyle. No. If you have kids, so this is specific for kids. An hour of exercise a day, right? Which kids should be getting anyway. They should be right. Yeah. Taking and accounting for how much um, screen time they have. So if you have a 16-year-old that spends two hours or three hours on screen time doing homework and then two or three hours playing a game or more, the, the general recommendation now, and I have parents bring everybody down to one hour a day, which I always get eye rolls from the kids like, you got to be kidding. Yeah, no. Outside of homework, it's one hour a day, which kills them because they, yeah. and I always say, well, you should be active enough till late enough at night that you don't need to be on the, on the TV or doing whatever. Um, but it's it's eating correctly but it's teaching your kids what are good choices and instead of saying and i and i have a hard time with this was with some people in my life that i'm like that's not a good i you know not a good food choice this is a better choice i've done that for years with some of my friends kids and whatever and teaching them because they've come to me and asked um but it's about also giving praise like that's a really good choice four or five times a day if the kid's making that good choice but the problem is that i have found is I've come up against so many parents who, one, unfortunately don't care. I hate to say that, but it's the honest yeah. truth about the evidence that I have in my office. They don't care. They don't have the time nor the want or the desire to give that feedback. They don't want to fat shame because they think that even commenting is fat shaming and then they can get in trouble for that in somewhere in their mind. And I try to teach the right dialogue to, or the right um, narrative to like be saying. Um, but unfortunately, when you get to kid that's 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, we're already sort of over the cliff. Yep. And the dialogue sort of changes because now it's a lot of that's not a good, healthy choice. That's not a good, healthy choice. And if you're at that point, you're already you. You, you got to do 17 year old lessons at nine, it, eight, or, nine, or seven, five, or five, four, or four, right? Yeah. Plus, um, the parents won't do the denial. In other words, they want their kid to have a lifestyle change, but meanwhile- They don't want to do the work to do it. The bag of Doritos is in the cupboard and the two, two liters of Coke is in the refrigerator. Or they, or right. And and that's the other thing is, you know, as you know, I love my Diet Coke, mm. Mm. right? So yeah. sodas aren't good for people. I'm the first one to say, I shouldn't drink that, right? But I don't drink sugar sodas. I drink lots of seltzer water. I drink tons of water, but I have my Diet Coke a day, Yep. usually. Um, a Diet Coke? A, I have a Diet Coke. 
Not, I don't have it at I mean, home, by the way. I have none in the house. I mean, not ideal, but I mean, not the worst thing that people I, do. But I'm outing yeah. myself because, no, I but because, because I get the same type of things going right. on. Yeah. I mean, nobody, this is what I'm saying. Nobody's yeah. perfect. Right. So, but denial doesn't work. This but, is right, the lesson. It's, it, you know, so that's why I don't have three anymore. I have one. Yeah. Right. So like, cause I know, and then there's some days I go without it. Um, but it's just, I'm mindful of it because I know it's in for diet sodas, it's there's chemicals in it that are bad for you. It's not that the sugar's there, but what diet Coke, what diet sodas do is that they lift the brain, the hypothalamus that's in charge of your eating and your sugar and all that stuff. And it makes you think that you essentially, I'm shortcutting this. It makes you think that you have sugar because it tastes good for most people. And it makes you then want to eat more and you're more likely to eat more junky crap and all that yeah. stuff. I just have really good discipline and I don't do that. So, but for most people, that's not what happens. The you know, sugar have, substitute is almost worse than, right. than sugar itself. Right. Yeah. So, um, but, but drinking s sugared sodas is just not healthy. And so many kids I see that, you know, you go out to dinner, you see kids, you know, all the time, you know, ordering like root beer and Coke straight, or instead of like soda water, I'm always like pushing the kids in my life, like soda water, soda water with cranberry, um, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so that they stay away from the sugar drinks, you know, they'll order the, you know, the Shirley Temple. And I'm like, oh, you and know, because grenadine and cherries, cherries soaked in grenadine. Yeah. It's the other battle processed. we go through. And I've, I've been through it a couple of times. I'm going through it right now with the 17 year old bonus daughter. At a certain age, everybody starts eating. And by the way, she's like 90 pounds. She's not, right. she's not big at all. But at a certain point, teenagers just start eating the house down. It's, right. it's part of the metabolism of, of the age. My 17 year old, my 17 year old son, when he was 17, scared the hell out of me at how much he ate. I mean, it was incredible. And it's just like, that's a big thing that comes into play at this point, especially if you're already dealing with weight issues. But your 17 year old, as I know, was active. Yeah. So and skinny, we're talking but, about, right. We're talking about kids, right? So no, but I mean, if you already have, if you're already battling with this and you oh, reach yeah. that age and teenage, right, where, you're in trouble. So that's, cool. big so, trouble, so that's yeah. where a lot of examples that I see, cause you know, obviously self-selected in, I see patients that are going to have the problem. They're not coming to me without the problem. Yeah. So they're coming in already at really young ages or somewhere be, right in the pre-teeny, teeny years that are already, they're already coming in heavy. And then they get just heavier because yeah. that happens because yeah. they get older and then there's no supervision. There's no, you know, or, and maybe I mean, parents would be like, I don't have anything in the house, but I have pretzels and there's white bread. I'm like, why do you buy that? Well, because, you know, we have to have a treat. Well, your treat's making your child fat, yeah. <laughs> you know, to be quite frank, yeah. you know, it's like, and then I have kids that, and, and I'm not saying that to be disrespectful. It's just like, this is, you have to look at the reality of like, you know, that bag of pretzels, if you're having them all the time and that's a treat along with, Oh, you know, any day with the ending and why has ice cream or it has pizza or it has yep. French fries or it has, you know, or, well, I had, it was, it was quick. So I just stopped at Wendy's or make it's like, you're, it, it's, it's just, you're loading up and you don't realize it, you know, went out to yep. Chili's two weeks ago and the, the thing that looked the best on the, on the menu has 2,400 calories in it. My, my bonus daughter that's, made a special that's a thousand more uh, 1200 calories more than i typically eat in a day my bonus daughter went made a special trip on christmas eve to have a mcgriddle and when i i wanted 800 calories in that. I, I wanted to know what a mcgriddle was and i the nutrition label came up right at 800 calories but like a day and a half of salt yeah in one of them right literally a right. day and a half of salt and sugar yeah because it's a it's the it's pancakes it's two pancakes with the sausage. Literally, the I couldn't eat for a week if I ate one of those things. Right. Well, you probably could. Yeah. But it's still. No, I right? mean, like, I shouldn't eat for a week if I had one of those Right. Things. Well, and, and so that's the thing is, so you would know that it has all this sodium in it. And then you would know that sodium is going to do what? Sodium and salt is going to kick up your appetite. Sodium mm -hmm. and salt is going to increase the likelihood that you're going to look for more things that are similar to make you feel the way that that thing made you feel. Oh. And that just sets you up, right? Instead of it being like what, an actual treat, which is once in a while, it's a lifestyle. John right? says McGriddle's a rule. <laughs> he does. Well, John eats McGriddle's a lot. And oh, John's got a John? monster John metabolism. Skinny, skinny little yeah. thing. Yeah. 
he's muscular, but he's skinny. He has a metabolism. Like just can't eat. Yeah. It. I look at food and he, he can eat it. I can look at it. I gain 10 pounds. He I know. Loses 10 pounds. I know. <laughs> These people piss me off. <laughs> he's, I know. It's just like, ah, and he can eat. Well, it's kind of a joke with all of our friends, right? People are always like, it never ends. We were, we were up, obviously, this is just kind of funny because you yeah. talk about a person who's older that has a great metabolism. John does. And he works out all the time like I do. Yeah. But for the age he is, right, we're up, we're up north. Yeah. And my family's with me and we're all like doing whatever. And unfortunately, where we were, which you know where we were, there's that um, Murphy bed thing that drops out yeah. in the middle, right? So the, the adults had given up the big bedroom for the, the kids, you know? And, um, John uh, reportedly from my family had come out in the kitchen no less than six times yep. from like 1130 at night till four in the morning, trying not to make any noise yep. <laughs> while eating the world. And that's what he does every yep. night. Like I'll wake up and I know what he's had because there's a line of salsa, chips, egg, tuna fish chowder like you know yeah, and, but the, he can he can do that the 17 year old will have but regular but he is struggling though let me just say yeah. he struggles because he gastrointestinally is not doing as well as you know he's been having those problems and i'm i have said my piece many times <laughs> about what's happening um and that's and he's not mindlessly eating from sleepwalking is he is he commenting because i can't say is he saying something he, is, he says what what <laughs> come on <laughs> The 17 year old will have all her regular meals and then come out and cook another meal at like 10 30 at night. Right. It's like, and it's like, again, she's skinny, which again pisses me off. But I mean, not everybody can handle that. But that, well, that because, when you have because, a super high metabolism, this is the type of. Well, because metaphysically, that your, your sub, your, your, what'd you call her? Your, her bonus, bonus daughter. daughter. Yeah. daughter. Yeah. Your bonus daughter in a metabolite way has probably a better metabolism anyway. And she's probably, cause I mean, I know her mom, I know what a mom looks like. She's yeah. more likely going to be like that, yeah. but you don't have, like, you don't have that in so many people. You don't have like, you know, that's kind of sort of like a regular developmental thing in kind but of, that's not going to last either. And, it, well, and some I skills have to be put in. Once you're in your twenties. Yeah. yeah. I always tell kids that I teach, right. I'm like, once you're in your twenties, it's, your metabolism changes and you start gaining weight in different places, especially women. Yeah. And by the time you're 30 females, especially because of hormones and whatever, I say, if you sit too long, you don't do any exercise and you eat like you've been doing now, I say, you're going to have ass spread because when you're sitting, it just gets like flat as a pancake and spreads out. And that's when you look at women sometimes in again, no disrespect. And you say person sits a lot. You can tell, but, but I was scrawny. I was scrawny as hell at her age. In fact, a hockey coach said, come back 20 pounds heavier. Don't come back. You know, the next year, That's it was one of those things. Problem to have. Yeah. And I, I gained, I think I gained like 13 pounds and dropped eight of it in the first practice. You know, one of those things. Yeah. But my metabolism changed. You, you just can't carry those habits forward. No. Just, well, and that's, and that's, okay. So let's go back to what I was saying in the beginning. So the habits um, that you learn in a, in youth that are socially learned, environmentally practiced in your home are modeled. That's where you learn. You mm -hmm. learn in your home. It doesn't mean that we're blaming anybody, but if you have parents that are overweight, if you have parents who have, you know, hoarding, you know, eat, 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 and stuff the wrappers down, you know, the sides of the couch and put them underneath the, the you know, the seat in the car. And we know, right? We you know people like that. Three, two, late, two liters of Coke in, in right. the refrigerator. And yeah. you're, you're, you're modeling that for your kids. Kids mm -hmm. sponge everything. So whether you're smoking, you're drinking, you're gambling, you're, you know, promiscuous in front of your kid, whatever it is, they're picking it up. Yep. So this is the same concept. It's not a disease in that it's, it's, it's not like it's in and of itself a disease. It's just like alcohol and drugs. And it's, it's there genetically, it's there to be tapped into, but then you have an environmental stimuli and then you add in stress and it's like a trifecta or quadruple or whatever it is of things that come in and then make it skyrocket. And, you know, one of the underpinning things for, for obese children and adolescents is unmanaged stress and lack of education and um, supervision. Mm -hmm it's there's no supervision and there's no boundaries around why are you eating that what are you eating you know it's we're out let's have a slurpee let's have ice cream it's like 
you can't keep doing that with your kids and think that, wow, they're heavy. I wonder why that is. No, it's because you're helping them along. But if you do this right from if you do this right along, it doesn't have to be a fight. Like, for example, with my kids and it wasn't conscious. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we were great for this, but we went to McDonald's once a year for for shamrock shakes. Right. And it was just like it's just like and we're back and forth. They they went to school out of district. It was a 40 minute drive. So we're driving by McDonald's day day and night. And it's like, no, we're not doing that. Right. And, and it wasn't a real righteous thing about it. It was just we didn't do it. And so they don't do it. They don't go to McDonald's. Right. It's not well, because po- it was because you socially modeled. And yeah. that's, you know, Albert Bandura in psychology is one of the most famous social learning theorists. And we know we know through like when kids watch violent video games, we know all these things that come out in children and adults. They either get desensitized because they watch, you know, too much or they get you know, the exposure rate of these things, whether it's food, whether it's videos, whether it's um, Tom and Jerry. Remember, I've told you the story about Tom and Jerry back in the 70s was a big thing because they had a couple of little kids murder their brothers or sisters because they watched Tom and Jerry. And then they thought, what's going on? And there were big studies around like, well, if you're watching these things, what happens? You know, people that play the the war games, they get desensitized to guns and shooting and watching, you know, the very real looking um aftermath of, yeah. of playing games of war, et cetera, et cetera. So it's the same kind of concept that your exposure to whatever your environment is, is increasing the likelihood of the symptom that falls out, right? Obesity is a symptom of another problem. Just like, like alcoholism, yep. just like drug addiction. It's that's the substance that's used to, to feel good, but it's not actually the problem. If you just do surgery and give it medication, how's that going to fix the problem? So that's like my big thing about even the way that they worded some of the studies and then some of the stuff they came out with afterwards, like, you know, this is, you know, this has got to be, you know, we have to prevent this, this obesity issue for, you know, 15 to 20 year olds. We have to get them early. Uh, Okay. But there's no mention of education of, good food eating. And actually one of the articles that came out around this, and I'll, I'll have to like show it to you. There's actually, there's actually a whole thing that I don't know if the USD, I don't want to misquote it, USDA or the CDC, someone put out that pizza in school is considered in the vegetable group because it has tomatoes on it. Okay. Pizza is not a vegetable. No, no. <laughs> pizza is not a vegetable. Tomatoes are fruit, by the way, and it's not a vegetable. And I can't remember where that was, but I would read it and I'm like, oh, that is so bad, you know, because, you know, people are consuming literally all this information because they're looking for justification for, oh, now I can just go get surgery or I can go on this medication and I'm going to get this quick fix, you know. But Um, there was this whole emphasis on school culinary. Right. A a couple of administrations ago. And we had pizza like when I went to school, we had pizza on Friday. Me too. And once a week. I mean, me too. Not the worst thing in the world. Once a week. Now it's every day. But here's the thing. While they were emphasizing taking out the vending machines with the Doritos, and they, right. they were taking out the Coke machines and right. things like that, that wasn't the problem. The no. problem was the constant pizza at home. The co- right. problem was the constant Coke, the two liters of Coke right. in, in the refrigerator at home. Yes. Having it at school once a week isn't a problem. Having six frozen pizzas and having that every night or right. or you're hungry, go throw that pizza in. Right. Or that's or, the, or the quick quick mac and cheese or the oh, yeah. chicken nuggets or the thing or anything thing. out of a box. Well, right. Yeah. Right. And so it's, it's a big problem here. Here's the issue. It's again, no pun intended. It's a big problem. And I'm scared, concerned, worried for um, everybody from basically 30 years down now looking at the fact of, Oh, all those things I thought about that I could go and work out of the gym and I could do all these things. I don't need to because I'll just go get the consult. Yeah. I'll get the surgery or they'll put me, my primary care can put me on the medication. You are, People are going to have a problem with that because the people that have real issues with obesity in terms of older adults that have already diabetes and cardiovascular disease, the medication, that's why I mentioned Ozempic. Ozempic's already come out with like, this is a problem because it's taking this away from people who already have pretty significant other medical conditions Mm -hmm. while they're trying to do medical management treatment with behavioral health model. And so Ozempic company, I can't remember who it is, 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 was, I don't know if they were running out, but they were running short because this gave a surge in the past couple months to 
people getting different medications for kids. And they've come out with a couple different medications now um, that, and this is kind of scary. I'm not going to name the medication, but it begins with a T. It's new. And this is the one that they're using on adolescents, um, particularly 15 to 20 year olds, that um, it makes the person not hungry. And, but it's, how do I say it? It makes the person not hungry, but it, doesn't stop them from when they do eat from overeating. Okay. So yeah. when the person goes to eat, if they eat, they're going to overeat. But the the theory is that they will not be hungry, so they won't eat. So yeah. it's teaching the brain to restrict, to go the opposite direction. And without that medication, they have no skills to hold that in place as a lifestyle because restricting is not healthy. So it's teaching the brain to go into restriction mode. And then you have to remind someone, kind of like when people are on Adderall, yeah. they drop tons of weight, right? And they're like, I'm just not hungry. Well, and that's why people get it off the street because they use it to lose weight, yep. right? Um, but then when they're off of it, they gain it all back because there's no coping strategy in there to actually do anything about it. Overeating isn't a hunger issue. Overeating what? Overeating isn't a hunger issue. No, it's a it, behavioral issue. It's a behavioral, around, issue, right? it's a behavioral issue around stress and mismanagement of poor understanding of one's own self internally. Yeah. Well, like, for example, I'm a very fast eater and I've had to be very gotcha. mindful of that and slow it down because I know that your hunger response doesn't kick in for 20 minutes. Right. You can eat a lot of food in 20 minutes. Exactly. Before you realize you overate and right. you're not hungry. Right. So you have to you have to understand that's the way your body works and act accordingly. Right. And you don't have to. So I've had a couple of clients be like, oh, my God, I don't have like I don't know the science. You don't have to be a scientist. You don't have to have all the knowledge that I have. You can have really basic things. Like even if I like I do plans all the time, you know, the behavioral health plan for, you know, someone, adult or child. Um, you don't have to know what the brain does. You don't. Have, but you have to know like the basics. Like if you're eating. But don't have the second helping for eat as fast as you want. Don't have the second helping for 20 minutes. Yeah. And, Give yourself a chance to feel and satiated. And so that's delayed gratification. And yeah, for most yeah. people, most people, Another it's really problem. hard. Yeah. I, I activated that at Thanksgiving. <laughs> it failed. Yeah. But it was really funny because I have a, a lovely, a lovely young person in my life that really tried hard because they had listened to the podcast at Thanksgiving and they were trying so hard. And I think they made <laughs> yeah. it 13 minutes and it was like, nope, I'm going back. Yeah. You know, but it was funny. And, and it was, it was, it was cute, but the mindfulness. And I know that that particular young person picks up on all that stuff and really listens because they yeah. know that that's there, but they also know because I am around them that like stress eating and not eating vegetables, this person actually does eat vegetables, um, you know, and, and taking vigorous exercise. They don't, they only do sort of half of what I say because there's no time. There's other things. They're tired. Like there's always the reasons. And that's what you hear across the board. It's not that's, just that person. It's, that's another generational parenting right. thing. Delayed gratification right. is something that hasn't been taught for several right. generations right. now. And you can't, it's too difficult to expect parents who weren't taught so delayed gratification to pass it on to the kids. Right. It's just and not even part of our lifestyle. in cases where anymore. I've seen people, just so you know, even in cases where I've seen delayed gratification be implemented in terms of verbally, the behavior doesn't match what the parents saying. Right. And then they're, they said, well, I told my kid, blah, blah, blah. Okay. But you're showing your kid this, you're telling them one thing, but you're doing another. Don't eat that while you just went and got a pizza. Yeah. So action is going to be more shaping in front of a child's eyes than the words. Just like right, action yep. means more than words. Always, yeah. always. So you can they say, don't listen go clean to what your you room, say, but... and and the room isn't clean. And then you go up and say, well, I told you to clean your room. A ten year old is not going to go no. up and clean their room. And if your sixteen year old isn't cleaning their room, it's because they weren't doing it at ten. And you just, well, I told them. Just because you told someone to do it doesn't mean if you're mo modeling that you keep everything clean and you, it's the same thing. So yep. it's it's a behavioral pattern. I and I want to emphasize that. Obesity is an eating disorder. It is it is a disease, but it comes down to at the end of the day, the choices that you make, that you're putting in your mouth, and also what you're doing for movement. You have to move. And if you have been watching the current um, season of awards, Brendan Fraser, if you have not seen The Whale, um, 
the director and the writer for that movie has done um, Requiem for a Dream and a couple other, like, he does a lot of, like, like really pushes the point, like, over the top. But The Whale is a fantastic movie, like, tear-jerking, um, because it really emphasizes the point of this man who's become probably, I think, 600 pounds, 500 pounds over time. He's an English teacher. He has a mm -hmm. really poor relationship with his daughter. And, you know, an unlikely person comes in and sort of saves him from himself, right? But if you watch Brendan Fraser the other night break down and cry at the Critic Choice Awards because, one, his career sort of had stalled himself, so it was a metaphor for his own career. But this, this movie also was about, and he says, you know, this is about getting up getting out there, going towards movement forward, going towards the light so that you have a life. And I think it's a metaphor from so many things. It's not just about, you know, yeah. weight, but it's, it's, if, if you don't understand anything I've said today, watch that movie. Cause it's inspiring in the fact that, yeah, you, you know, it, 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 you could bypass so many issues if you just did some of these things yep. you know cut back on your sitting time cut back on your screen time put exercise in legitimately standing you know i have someone that works at ups and she's always like i work out all day she does but she actually goes and does an hour class of like zumba or something else during the day because she realizes that the workout she's doing at ups is not the same as intentional right. putting your brain into movement for yourself and your health and wealth of your head but that medical instruction different. to do an hour of vigorous exercise a day is like a new year's resolution it's like that's not the place to start no the place to start you have to work up to that especially if you already the, have a weight issue drive to the gym and join right and that's all you have to do tonight right well yeah it's, it's the baby steps but yeah. i'm just saying the end yeah. result is you have to have these combination of things if if you want to maintain a yeah. lifestyle choice that will go with a surgery that's just for if, I mean, you want to have that anyways, but if you want to maintain the results of a surgery that they're recommending now for kids, yep. this is what they're recommending. They're recommending four to five um, out of the study. They're recommending four to five servings of fruits and vegetables a day, an hour of vigorous exercise, um, cutting down to one to two hours of screen time. Um, I'm trying to remember a couple of the other things. And it's all post-surgery, not prior post. If you don't have the habits beforehand, you're not going to have them right. after. Yeah. Right. People, I mean, I, cause that's it, not how habits are form, formed. You don't just say one day, this is what I'm going to be doing. It's not the way you form habits. Right. And that's why I like Dr. Now, cause down in Texas at his clinic, he, he, he sends people to work out the issues in their head of why they're doing the behaviors they're doing. And in my experience clinically, a hundred percent of the time, not less, 100% of the time, there's always this long history, for, even if I'm sitting with a 16-year-old, there's a history of something that you can trace right through to making them the person that they are in how they think, how they eat, how they talk, how they walk, that you can then help modify so they can recover from that, they can help themselves, um, you know, whether it's loss of a parent early in life, um, you know, in uh, poverty, socioeconomic status issues, community. There's so many things that can go into that, mm -hmm. but teaching a kid that you can have more control over your life than you've been taught, that helps. There's so many pieces to this. And I'm, I guess that my takeaway today is surgery and pills for kids and um, for anybody as first resort are just not the answer. Yeah. And that's not the way to treat this because you're going to take the kid off the couch you're going to do the surgery. They're going to come back and do the same thing. Well, you just mentioned mental health lesson number one, didn't you? You have more yeah. control of your outcomes than you think. Right. Keep your hands on the wheel. Mm -hmm. so the, doing uh, pharmaceuticals or just saying I'm fat because I'm big boned or it's genetic. There's no such thing as big bone, by the way. That's taking, All skeletons are the same. That's taking your hands off the wheel. That's absolving yourself of responsibility for your outcome. Right. And but that's a hard concept for people because people don't like to be accountable and responsible because that means that they have to see that what is the truth. They have to see they failed. Well, they just have to. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it that way. I would say that they have to look at the reality and people don't like to look at reality yeah. because that means there has to be a change And admitting that that's a problem. Yeah. It's much easier for a teenager to look at me when I say, you know, you really that's not, and I don't ever say you can't, I say that's not the best choice 
or I'll say, you already had pasta today. You should probably pick something else. I get the eye roll. Yeah. And then, and then the person wonders why they have gastrointestinal issues, headaches. One of the main causes for headaches in people that are large is because they're pressing so much weight on their cardiovascular system and it's the blood supply is having an issue. Oh, and the, and then, oh, by the way, the big problem with why weight gain happens is cortisol's dumping. So your pancreas is on overdrive doing cortisol dump, which makes you want to eat more to self-soothe. So it's, and the more you eat and the more you feel bad about yourself, the more cortisol you produce, the more cortisol you produce, the more you want to eat, the more you feel bad about yourself. It's a very vicious cycle. And if you don't understand that and you just keep feeding it with Cocoa Puffs and, and, you know, oh, but I had fruit for lunch. You had fruit, but you had like the entire bowl that was 400 calories because you didn't have the small little thing of 65 calories of of strawberries. You had the whole bowl, Mm -hmm. but it was fruit. And that's the logic I get a lot. It's like, well, I had, I had vegetables. Right. But you had 800 calories of vegetables. Well, the logical attempt is to absolve responsibility. Right. Well, and people have, and salads have now become, well, I had a salad and I say, what was in the salad? Well, it had eggs and and it had walnuts, candied walnuts, um, goat cheese, which is fine. Um, uh, Ham, turkey. And then I put honey mustard dressing on it. Yeah, it's great. That's awesome. 800 calories. That's not a, no, that's like a 1200, 1300 calorie salary. Oh, and cheese. We can't forget the cheese. Right. And I, it's like, that's not a salad. A salad has a piece of salmon on it, uh, some grilled chicken, some shrimp, or even steak tips or whatever. And it's lettuce, cucumbers, carrots, things that are water contented to make you feel full because it's water content that makes you feel full, not food content that makes you feel heavy, that in an hour you're hungry again. It's so much education around this. And it just, again, going to the point of, please be mindful if you're a parent listening to this, that, you know, or a kid listening to this. I know kids, you know, I have a, a, a young demographic. Um, choices. It's about choices. If you don't know them, it's really easy to look up like healthy food choices. But don't are, reach for the pharmaceutical or the surgical right. solution first. Right. Don't reach for it first. Try. That's got to be a last resort. Well, and that's what scares me because I know that health, I know that the health class already addressed it in one of my, in one of my sets of kids that I see in one of the high schools, they've already brought it up and kids are like, did you know that I could get surgery? And I'm like, hmm. And I immediately go to, well, insurance doesn't cover it. Because, yeah. because insurance companies do not see it as they see it as a behavioral health issue, what and so you have to, to jump through all the hoops first. What are we doing to our kids that we're even giving them that option at that age? It's it's the, I can get it's that I don't have to. I, it's it's that it's a psycholog. It's an amazing, interesting psychological phenomenon that I know is being researched social psychologically and, and so on. And certainly I anecdotally analyze it at all times is that we're teaching just more and more of, we just don't have any control over ourselves and it happens to us. We don't make it happen. I know. I know. And it's, it's, it's scary because with that comes, I've seen more mental health issues come with that. Well, what's, because when you have that, there's more depression, there's more anxiety. What do we do with it? We add in a medication and most medications for, for depression that primary cares go to are weight gainers. Well, the unknown is arguably the biggest fear humans have, but the right. other is lack of control. Right. So if you absolve control of everything, if you accept the fact you don't, or you accept the premise that you don't have control over anything, you're going to be in fight or flight constantly. Right. Right. That's, well, and, and so you're always in anxiety mode. Yeah, exactly. Right. So anyway, so, um, you know, walking, running, swimming, biking, going up and down your stairs, um, doing jumping jacks in your room, doing a sit-up or two, doing five push-ups a day. I don't know what it is for you, but whatever you need to start at. And then making good food choices. Ring dings are not it pie is not it. Pizza is not it. I mean, most people can look at it. Even kids will know that that's not good for them. It has sugar, right? Um, door dashing, Uber eating, financial burden and, and weight burden, you know? So it's, it's about your behavioral change. And so I'm imploring people to, there is no good takeout food. Can we say that? No healthy takeout food. 
there's good takeout food. Right. Well, right. Because they want it to taste good. And right. making so, it taste good makes it unhealthy in many cases. Well, that's why, that's why, like, you know, when you go to a Chinese restaurant, you oh, know, yeah. you order it without MSG. And people don't do that. Why? Because MSG makes you want more. Monosodium glutamate, right? Yeah. It makes you want more, which is why in an hour, people always say, why do I want more food after I've eaten Chinese food? Right. Because it but has I love MSG the, in it. It's takeout, but I'm going to Wendy's. It's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what do you get at Wendy's? Well, I, Huh? What do you get at Wendy's? I don't do Wendy's. Oh. But I mean, th that's what you hear. Oh, yeah. I did fast food, but I did Wendy's. It's healthier than probably Burger King and McDonald's. Well, there's well, not healthy. So pre-pandemic, Wendy's and McDonald's both had salads. Actual, the, the good kind that I'm talking about. McDonald's suspended all of those during pandemic and it still kept them suspended so they're still back to like their old school like all fried food and all that wendy's still has salads but there's only one i've seen it because i drive through to get my diet coke admittedly <laughs> <laughs> um they have four salads on the board only one is actually salad the rest is all junk yep and i'm like you know and unfortunately it's, it's it has lettuce underneath yeah all of it so anyway so my okay so Really quickly, tips, baby steps, try to be realistic with yourself, parent your children, don't ignore, don't not teach, don't shirk your responsibility to teach responsibility and accountability. Don't throw in the white flag because, well, it's just not working and I can't do anything about it. Model be well. Good, be a good role model because mm -hmm. if you're eating junk, they're going to eat junk. If you it, Whatever you're doing, they're going to do, even in teenage years. They're just going to do it, mm -hmm. you know. Um, exercise, you know, five minutes a day, get up to whatever it is. It's just baby steps. And don't run for medication and for some surgery on a little kid or on a teenager like that. I mean, it's one thing for, you know, really severe cases or something that may be medically going on, but not for that. Um, anyway, uh, that is uh, really pretty much about all the uh, stuff for the New Year's resolution around weight. Um, <laughs> but definitely go see The Whale. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, I think it's a great movie. And it's certainly, um, it's it's astonishing, sad, moving, motivating, um, and quite true to life. And he does a beautiful job. Brendan Fraser does a beautiful job of portraying people in this predicament um, and what happens to them in terms of their mental health. Um, so I will see you guys all next week. Happy, healthy, maybe a pound down, working healthy on yourselves and not worrying about, you know, losing 20 pounds in the next there two weeks. Yep. Just be healthy and make good choices. And if you make a bad choice or an unhealthy choice, you have the opportunity to make a good one the next time. Each time is an opportunity to make a healthy choice. So that's all you have to just keep trying at. All right? Okay, Lou. I'll, I'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>